Welcome back to the Ride Boundless Show. On this episode, I recorded a podcast while visiting family in Florida. I sit down with my nephew, Saeed. He's a, he's a smart dude, and he was with his partner. He's the co-founder of BlockX Group, a FAU finance, uh, finance grad, entrepreneur, investor in crypto, motorcyclist, and passionate for teaching others about the crypto space. Along with him is his business partner, Alejandro Botero, on this episode. Alejandro is the founder of BlockX Group. He is a cryptocurrency investor and a pilot. Cool dudes. They uh, they got into crypto about, well, Alejandro's been in it since 2017. Said recently got into it. But they just went straight into the rabbit hole and just researched and studied and lived this for for like almost years now you know so they got a lot of information so i grabbed the mics turned them on and and i thought this would be interesting because cryptocurrency is is one of those things that i'm kind of investing in and i want to invest in more but i don't know how to choose the right tokens or coins and we kind of dive deep into it and break it down so uh, anybody can understand it they also launched a, a meeting or a group that they do um, every other week. I think it's starting monthly, then every other week, and then they're going to start doing it weekly. So we're going to shoot out the links on the episode. So without further delay, here we go. But before here we go, this episode is brought to you by Ride Clean. Ride Clean is the easy and simple way of keeping your motorcycle, car, or plane. Simply shake, spray, and wipe. It's the easiest thing in the world. I use it on glasses. I just used it on my iPad, my computer monitor. It's beautiful. It's UV protectant. It uses carnauba wax. It's made and filled in the United States. Check them out at rideclean.co. Use promo code RBPODCAST for 25% off right now. That's 25% off. Plus, get a two-ounce bottle, uh, a microfiber rag, and free shipping. That's rideclean.co. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Right Boundless Podcast. I am in Fort Lauderdale with Alejandro and Sain. How you gentlemen doing? We're doing great. Thanks for awesome. having us. Yeah, this place excited is... Excited to be here. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited you guys are here. We're going to get into some good stuff. Uh, Florida's fucking crazy, man. Uh, yeah, especially with the drivers. The oh dri- Well, the drivers are a different crazy compared mm-hmm. to like... Like California has crazy drivers, but this is like a different crazy. Like <laughs> The like, humidity has everyone angry. That's the humidity <laughs> but, but you know what it's like a vacation town random weirdness like like I, we, we went through a parking lot and there's just a guy standing in the middle of the parking lot looking at his phone just kind of cr- and he, he's in front of us so we're like mm-hmm. you know move and he just doesn't care and he's just like oh, I'm on vacation it's like everybody has a vacation mentality here but then everybody's rushing to get to places it, it's weird That's- and, there, and there's not a lot of cars See, LA has a lot of crazy drivers because we have a lot of cars and we have a lot of traffic and it, it's just everywhere. Here, you'll have open roads and then randomly, you'll just have little sections of traffic. You turn mm-hmm. on one street, there's like traffic for like one mile and then you break free and then you go into another section, there's just traffic. It's just random. I don't know if that makes sense. It does, it does. I mean, with us down here, like you don't really realize uh, how 
that we are until you <laughs> go and travel and go somewhere else. So like when I travel, I go to Chicago, New York, uh, California. I see how bad things are down here compared to other places. So I see it when I travel. And then when people come down here, they're like, yo, like, what is going on here? This is crazy. That's like yeah. the one thing a lot of people say is like, that, so, uh, the closer you are to my game. That's the, that's the one thing that uh, people always have to say when they come down here is like, one of the first things is like the, the fucking traffic. Like, it's, it's, this, it's disgusting how people drive down here. It's insane. I mean, do, do you think it's because of all the immigration? Because Florida is like, Florida is like a different country. You you got you got everything in you, here. You, you got every, everything except for people that speak English. Like there's people that don't speak <laughs> English here. I remember I was in Miami. I went to a shoe store and I was like, "Yo, how much are these prices?" The guy was like, "No, I'm English." I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, there's parts of Miami where it's just like there's no one there that speaks English. Oh yeah, you feel like you're in you know Cuba or Colombia or something like that. No one speaks English. If you go to Hialeah, you'll see you you go down a straight road where it's nothing but businesses in Spanish. The signs are all in Spanish. You see nothing in English. Like you you really feel like you're in an entirely different country out there. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know either. Within Florida, too, you see a lot of differences. Like when you go up to like Ocala, Orlando, um, and then Jacksonville, you see a difference within just the state alone. Like the people down here, and you start migrating to different parts of Florida, and it is completely, completely different. The people, the way Especially when you go north, it's like a whole Mm -hmm. different, you know, like hillbillies and alligator fighters (laughs) and people. That's what I love about down here, though, that, that diversity. A lot of people say that, you know, they like. But isn't the whole United States based off diversity? I mean, the, it really the is. The main cities, the main exactly cities. the main cities. But I think also just that down here, it's just such a. I mean, like New York too. It's just like a, I guess you can say like a a, a clusterfuck of like just all these different cultures. But I feel like it's just even more different down here, because there's just also a different vibe down here. Like people are generally more happy, and like you said, people have like that vacation vibe. So, but the, but is, but isn't that poisonous to a certain extent? Because sometimes when you live like in a vacation town, you kind of like fall into like doing nothing. You just want to like fuck it. Let's just go to the beach every morning. I get that. But it's also like a I, good, I don't know if that's the case. You you I guys think, live here. Like I think it's a good escape. You know, from like if you're if you're if you're down here working, you know, you spend like maybe your whole day stressed out, and then because you're in a vacation town, like after that stressful day of work, you come. You know, you go to a bar, you go get a drink. There's like live music, people are dancing. It's a nice like relief. You immediately have that. Yeah, the nightlife you know? and the party life is pretty pretty oh. booming. Yeah, I mean, for, sure. for me, for example, I don't partake in a lot of the things that everybody does down here. Um, like Miami for the spring and what, break. And what meaning? Like the parties? Like yeah, or, going or down to South ethics? Beach, mm. Miami Beach. You know, the how, nightlife, how far, the club. And, and just real quick, we're, we're in Fort. We're in Fort Lauderdale. We're in Pompano, Pompano, Pompano Pomp- Beach. Pompano yeah. Beach. So how we're about fifteen minutes from Fort Lauderdale and about forty-five minutes from Miami. Okay, with so, traffic or no traffic? Uh, without traffic. Without traffic. <laughs> <laughs> with traffic, you're looking at about an hour, yeah. hour and fifteen. That's still not bad. No, not bad. 30 minutes on a motorcycle. Yeah. What <laughs> so, do you, what do you ride real quick before we get into I, I have a CBR 600, 2004. And how's riding out here in uh, Florida? <sighs> it's, it has its goods and its bads. Uh, the weather doesn't you know, help when it's summertime. Uh, we have a lot of humidity, and I like to gear up the jacket, the helmet, all the good stuff. And in the summertime, it's impossible, and especially when you come to the lights, you know, and oh you're parked there waiting for the light to turn green and the heat. You have all this stuff humidity. on, you're sweating. It's, so you don't enjoy it as much with and the humidity. it rains randomly, right? It does. So you'll wake up, you'll look at the weather app, you'll see it'll be sunny all day, you'll go ride, and then at 2 o'clock, you get poured on completely, completely unexpected, so you don't really know. 
So yeah, it, it rains here randomly. It rains randomly. And, and is it true if you have insurance, you don't need a helmet? And if you don't have insurance, you need a helmet? So I, I'm not sure. I don't have insurance on the motorcycle. I have insurance for myself. Shoot, this. See, that's good that we have this going on. I don't that's have insurance for the motorcycle. I have it for myself in yeah. case something happens while I ride. Uh, but here, like, there's no uh, legal requirements for you to wear a helmet. So there's no that's so fucking not crazy, at all. Man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of st- there's a few states that are like that, but that's so crazy. But you know what? Most of the guys that don't are usually the Harley chopper guys. They don't wear the helmets. <laughs> You know, us super sport ninja bikes. We we usually ride, you know, with helmets. Yeah, but the Harley guys ain't doing 160. Nah, 20. You know, they're fucking. They're just they're, they're just drinking and riding. You know, they're just drunk and riding. Yeah, I I don't know too much about bikes from but from my understanding though, like even also if you're not going, you know, at those crazy speeds, you have a, a little crash, you bump your head, you're also fucked. Well, here's the thing: you can crash. I, I've ridden motorcycles for yeah. over 20 years. I ride a lot. You can crash your motorcycle. You could drop your motorcycle like two miles an hour. You're, yeah. you're going to fuck up your leg. You're going to fuck up your arm. You're going to fuck up your leg. You have to pick up the spike. You can get yeah. burned from the pipe. Like, like anything you do on the bike is pretty dangerous. Have you had any severe falls? No. Knock on wood? There's no wood here. <laughs> How long have you been riding for? Uh, over 20 years. Nice. Over 20 and years. Like and nothing serious? No. Nope. See, that, that proves about? my point in the terms no. of motorcycles are not dangerous it's the people I, I, that ride. I, I, I say this on, on on a lot of podcasts when this conversation comes up and and everybody that's heard this podcast this is episode this is gonna be episode 51 mm-hmm. um every time i say this it even goes higher and higher and higher but like 99 percent of more fuck it 90 percent of motorcycle accidents is rider error it really is it's rider error i know 10 percent of accidents i know three accidents that it was not their fault. Completely not their fault. It was just so fucking random. It was so, you know, it, it sucked that it happened and they had no control of it. But I only know three accidents like that. I know 20 plus accidents that it's just like, I just saw one in Bakersfield. My buddy, a Bulletproof Welder, just posted. He posted a, an intersection in Bakersfield and you see the light turning red. Beep. And you see the cars coming, already started going to the intersection, and you see a bike coming at 70, 80 miles an hour, hmm. trying to take a red light once the car's already gone. Those are the biggest accidents, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, there is people that don't know the limitation of their bike, and it's kind of their fault, but not their fault, you know, because sometimes there's just too much power. But if you ride responsible, if you wear the right gear, if uh, you take courses, if you take classes, you have better odds. You have mm-hmm. a lot better odds, you know? And, and if I always tell people, ride aggressive, ride fucking aggressive. I mean, if you got to kick somebody's door or hit somebody's window, yeah. you ride aggressive as fuck, but know your limit. You have to know your limit. Know the limit of the bike, you know? Um, I, I was bringing this up as an example. Every car, I don't care if it's a Corolla or a Lambo, every car can hit 100 miles an hour. No problem. You know, that's easy. But the problem is, is the Lambo has suspension to withstand 100 miles. If they hit a bump, it can handle Mm -hmm. it. If it needs to brake, it'll brake. If it needs to maneuver, it will maneuver. A Dodge Caravan that's going at 100 miles an hour from 1989 goes 100, (laughs) finally gets to the 100 mark, 
and something happens and they need to stop, bro, that, that's where all your accidents happen. So that happens with bikes as well. The problem is, is that when you get young men, you know, with a lot of testosterone and they're, uh, they're excited, you know, and they got this power between their legs, they want more and more and more and more, mm-hmm. they push that limit. And that's the thing I, I would say, like, don't, don't push your fucking limit. So, and I, I see that problem down here a lot with, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds that want to get into the bike life and ride and this, and they jump on one thousands with no experience. Well, yeah. And then they go 120, 130 on us no one with cars coming in and out. It's like, you're asking for it. So I know a lot of people that work their way up, you know, 250, mm. the 500, the six, and they don't even go past 600 because they feel that 600 is enough. They're like, dude, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. Or you have the other knuckleheads that will go and um, they'll spend five grand, ten grand on a motorcycle. Well, guess what? When you buy a ten thousand dollar motorcycle or a five thousand dollar motorcycle, you better have three grand to buy gear. Mm-hmm. Right. You better have the money to buy a jacket, a helmet, and gloves, knee pads, boots, this, that. But instead, people buy ten grand. They get all their savings. They buy a fucking bike, and then in states like this, that you don't need to wear a helmet. They're not wearing a helmet. They're wearing like gloves from AutoZone, you know cloth <laughs> fucking gloves they're wearing their fucking converse because it looks cool it's got a yeah. little white line right there and then they they eat shit and guess what like they eat shit you know and some people don't yeah. even rock insurance like how the fuck do you oh, not have insurance yeah. i was just talking to someone literally an hour ago about this how i had two friends on separate ki- two different friends um that crashed their bikes within a week of getting it and it was just guys who were just excited to get a bike and then, you know, five, six days later, they don't have a bike and they never like really tried to learn anything about it. You know, it's just irresponsibility. That's and the, the, uh, what you were just saying about like, you know, buying that $10,000 bike literally happened to one of my friends. Yeah, it, it happens all the time. And then insurance, yeah. insurance is a stupid, well, it's not a stupid thing, but people have stupid luck where you'll buy, you'll have insurance for 10 years. And nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And then you get a renewal. <laughs> that one fucking month, you miss it. What happens? Yeah. You get in a fucking accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that shit always happens, always. you know? But that's the stuff. You see, when I was younger, one of my first jobs was I was a lifeguard. And the main thing that I learned about being a lifeguard, it, it wasn't to save lives. You know, that's, that's the worst case scenario is to save a life. And I saved three people. You know, I saved two girls and one adult. Two kids and one adult. Um, but it was more prevention. You know, the reason the lifeguard's saying, hey, you know, rip currents, get out. Uh, hey, uh, swim back and forth up and down the pool before you go back there. Hey, because you're trying to prevent that. Hey, don't run. Not, not because you're going to fall, but you might fall, you know, and that, that's a liability. So it, it really stuck in there that it's like prevention, 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 prevention. And the only way you can prevent is like experience or start. I started off with dirt bikes. Um, you know, experience, dirt bikes, in the dirt a lot. I did eat shit. A few times in the dirt, just never on the street. Yeah, same here. I started with dirt bikes myself. You know, which which is important, but like, fucking take the courses. You know, it's an investment. You you want to have fun, you have to invest. You're not gonna go skydiving without fucking classes. Yeah. You're not gonna go skydiving without doing a couple tandem jumps and then taking like a you know a six week course. And you know, you you need the basics, but people don't do that. They just want to jump on the bike mm-hmm. and they want to live that one down five up life. And yeah, you know. <laughs> But, um, but I'm here visiting family, and then I'm also here, uh, for my listeners, how would you guys introduce yourselves, and what do you do out here? Uh, so, well, I'm Alejandro. Um, you know, I've, I've, been, I've worked with Sahid a, a few years ago, is how we met. Uh, we used to do, 
valet together, you know, <laughs> nice. driving some nice cars out there. And, um, I mean, right now I'm, I'm actually, gonna ask questions about that, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask questions. That's the fun part. So, uh, right now I'm actually, uh, going to school, doing aviation. Nice. Um, so I'm a pilot. Oh, that's so awesome. like all that safety stuff that you were just talking about relays perfectly into like how we do things because the prevention is absolutely like always the thing, you know. Um, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, working on getting my commercial license so I can start, you know, flying. And um, I've also been uh, heavily into crypto for for <laughs> a few, few years. <laughs> just, just to get the listeners and ready, we're gonna talk a lot of crypto. You know, I. I uh, Sahid and I fell out of touch for a while, but you know, crypto is really what brought us back together. It started. That's true. Uh, that's true. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I want to hear. That I mean, story. It, it's it's really cool. It's like uh, that's really like my biggest, one of my biggest focuses right now, apart from school, and, uh, and aviation. Awesome. And aviation, yeah, exactly. And then let me get uh, Saeed to introduce introduce himself, and then we'll get into this crypto talk. All right. Well, my name's Saeed Abdallah. Um, I recently graduated from FAU. I'm a finance major. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Um, and uh, currently I work for a funding company, MJ Capital Funding. I'm an account representative. And um, I pretty much look for people that are, you know, wanting to invest some money, earn some interest, you know, have their money work for them. So I do that. And that generates me passive income, which I right now I'm currently working on building my crypto portfolio. I did stocks last year for about six to eight months. Humbly speaking, it went very well, great returns, took a break, and then uh, I got into crypto, kind of went down the rabbit hole, and now I'm just building my portfolio, and then I got back in touch with Alejandro because of that, because of the interest, found out that, you know, he was really into it, and he had a lot of experience because he's been into the space for like three, four years, um, and now, you know, we're building a community, we have our group, we're trying to push it, you know, with Instagram, with YouTube, and just trying to build our community, teach people, and get everybody on board with, you know, what's going to happen and, moving and, forward. And you guys built a pretty good community. You, you guys have already have group uh, meetings. Like, your, Correct. Your, your last meeting was last weekend. Uh, Sunday, yeah, Sunday. So, we pretty much, so Alejandro, he kind of had the chat already kind of established. Uh, just a handful of people, his friends and stuff. And then when he told me about it, uh, there was a lot of people that been wanting to learn and um, DM me on Instagram. So I was, I talked to Alejandro. I was like, hey, you know, I think we could really do something with this group. I'm going to start directing everybody that wants to learn to the group. And we went from, you know, 10, 12 people to now we have like 80 plus. Um, and we hold Zoom conference calls right now on Sundays. Uh, last Sunday, we went through basics, just kind of teaching everybody the very basics of exchanges, wallets, so on and so forth. And now we're moving forward. Everybody's learning, getting, you know, into it. And so we're going to be going into more complex, more complicated mm -hmm. things uh, because it's it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So so because. OK, so Saeed's told me a little bit about these meetings and he yeah. told me you're, you, you're like talking to you. It gets deep. Like, it gets <laughs> fucking it's, deep. It's hard <laughs> not to get deep, too. And, 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 and like, I'm sure it, it's so yeah. intricate. Yeah, it's, it's so intricate and, and so informative. What do you guys are you guys going to break down levels of how you guys are going to start doing meetings? Like, is there going to be like, all right, this weekend it's what is cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's next week is going to be where to invest in crypto right. or and, 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 and let's just be clear. You guys are not financial advisors. No, not at all. You guys are not telling people what to do. <laughs> Everything you're saying is just based off personal knowledge. And it's just you guys are referencing whatever you're going to reference. Yeah. 
So don't you do this at your own risk, yeah. motherfuckers? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> at your own risk. But exactly. yeah, let's, let's get into it. What, what what is crypto? How 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 do you what do you know about it? Um, What's happening? How would you so? Uh, crypto is it's I mean it's it's very easy to understand. Um, it's really just like traditional money. It's just digital. Uh, and that's the most basic form of it. Then it starts branching off into other things where in, you know, there's thousands of different cryptocurrencies. A lot of people just know Bitcoin, maybe they know Ethereum, but there's really thousands of different cryptocurrencies and they all have like their different uses. And now they know Doge. And now they know Doge and everybody knows Doge, you know? Who's Doge? And Doge is... Elon <laughs> Musk's brand. <laughs> Doge, my 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 nemesis. <laughs> yeah, now that that one fucked everybody in the community. Oh yeah, everybody man. that's been following crypto. Like I was in it in 2017. Doge yeah. really fucking broke our heart, bro. Yeah. So that that's even... essentially why we even started this group is to kind of direct people into the right investments because Doge, you know, not having wasn't legitimate I telling purpose. you when you visited? I was telling you Doge is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't I telling you that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You were, you were. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you on. could you could see it. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, but it's but, amazing uh, the power of influence. Oh yeah, that's and that's I mean that's it's it's just the power of memes. <laughs> that's what Doge is really. It's like why it's just the hype. It's so overhyped. It's the same thing you see with like AMC, the, the AMC hype and the GM East uh, GameStop hype. Um, so that's yeah, it's stuff that you, you got to be very careful with. And that's something that like we're constantly trying to trying to tell people in our group, you know, lead them the right way. Of course, they do their own research. I, I always promote that as well, because um, you can't just take people's word for it, you know, um, and we're not telling people go buy this and that. It's just, you know telling them like what exists out there and like what they can put their money Do into that's diligence. more exactly that's more uh secure than really putting your money into something like dogecoin which is just like going to the casino you know mm -hmm. no it's worth well it's supposed can, can you tell me what okay everybody knows dogecoin right. everybody knows there's you're supposed to look at a market cap right yeah you, yeah, you, yeah. you look at a okay. coin or a token which you can tell me the difference but you look at a market cap, and usually, like Bitcoin is what, like twenty-one million or twenty-one billion? million. Uh, well, that's that's twenty-one million coins. Coins. They have the supply. The supply. Right. So you want to look at something that has not a lot of supply, right. and and the problem that we believe, based on the information that I think we all agree on, is the problem with Doge is there's unlimited amounts yeah. of it. So there's no real tangible mm -hmm. value. But why has it become popular? Why did it get to fucking 67, 67 cents or 72? Uh, it went to 70, 72, 72, 72 cents, yeah. yeah. How, did it, how did an unlimited supply coin token, which you're going to have to tell me the difference, yeah. get that high? And, and why is it, bro, it, 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 like, you know, why, why do I and why do you and why does Saeed tell our friends, like, yo, it's not going to get to a fucking dollar, cash out. But we also said that when it was six cents, and if, we t and if they would have listened to us then, yeah. they would have been fucked. And I have a stubborn friend that's only invested in one thing in his life, and it was Doge. Mm -hmm. He's like, nope, it's going to the moon. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't understand the cryptocurrency. And when it went to 13 cents, I'm like, bro, it's not going to go to 20. And when it got to 20, he's just like, ha, 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 you're stupid, Robert. You know, how much money have you made on cryptocurrency? And it went all the way to 70 plus cents. How, what happened there? How, how does that happen when you have unlimited coins? I mean, any of you. Um, so, I mean, 
Because this is the question everybody's asking. Right. So this is based on market cap, right? So the reason why Doge is even in the top like 10 is because of its, the market cap that it holds. It's in like the what? The 40 billions yeah, or something like that? Somewhere around that right so now. it's it's in the 30 to 40 range in, in market cap. Um, and there's a lot of projects out here, legitimate projects with real technology that are in the two, three billion dollars. So they're, you know, their price or value is not as high as Doge. The thing with Doge is that it's like, I kind of, I kind of explain it as if me, you, Alejandro, and another friend, we got together, you know, around the table, we're billionaires. We each got 10, $15 billion to invest into something. And it's like, Hey, you know, Doge is a meme. It's a joke, but let's just invest in it let's pump it up people are going to jump on board as they see the price increase yeah. um and then you know what well, but how do you organize that so well because uh, it, it started with elon musk or, or are we saying uh, would you predict that elon musk was part of this because do, do you, the rumor that i read of why elon musk got involved with this mm -hmm. is and this is what i heard his kids his smart, intelligent kids yeah. bought Dogecoin. As kids, as, as a, as a right, goof. Like, yeah. hey, dad, look, it's cute. It looks like our dog. You know, like, it has this. And Elon Musk is like, that's cool. You know what? Let's, let me help my kids out. Just just randomly. Right. And he tweeted like, hey, what is Dogecoin? Dodge, yeah. Dogecoin, whatever the fucking thing is. And it boosted up. And that started it. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he got involved in the Tesla and fuck Bitcoin. And now Bitcoin's cool. Whatever. So... You, what you're saying I, is like a great mastermind plan of the billionaires right. investing, pumping it up. Like, what, what was the breakdown? Like, like how well, do you think it all happened? I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not as much of a conspiracy theorist in, in a way, if if you can call it that, uh, as you can. Yeah, because that's almost like a conspiracy really theory, kind of. Kind of. Not, yes not, and no, because there is that kind of happens. manipulation. There's that kind of manipulation for sure that happens in cryptocurrency. You know, it doesn't take because it's still a small market. It doesn't take that much money realistically to move prices to move the market you know uh what happened with doge honestly and truly i think elon musk got into it because of it being a meme if you if you'd followed him on twitter before like all of this happened with 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 cryptocurrency the guy is just like making jokes always posting like different memes and stuff mm -hmm. like that he's just that kind of guy he's just yeah he just likes goofy. his he's a, goofy. Yeah, he's a goofy guy he's in it for the laughs and doge i mean it's just it's a it's the meme in cryptocurrency the whole reason it was originally created was just some guy was just like oh this this would be funny i mean the, the doge meme was like a, a meme before crypto and then he just <laughs> fucking <laughs> stupid little dog <laughs> no and I'll, I'll give you an update and, i'll give you an update so today actually it's funny that we're doing and we're talking about this today he actually tweeted about shiba today <sighs> I didn't know about yes. That. So he he tweeted about, about Shiba that. today. Yes. Okay, <laughs> and, wait, wait, and, wait, wait. and it pumped the price up. Really? Oh, really? So so he's starting to see that he has a. Everybody's checking their phones right now. That's oh. listening to this. <laughs> what? He's he's essentially manipulating. He's seeing what he's capable of doing. And like I'm, I love Elon Musk. You know, SpaceX. He's great. Very smart Neural guy. Brain, everything. Neuralink. Neuralink. Uh, the Boring yeah. Company. All that good stuff. But us, as the crypto community, we don't like him. Oh, cool. and, oh, the, yeah. and the reason being is because he has this power of manipulating and making people do things. Misleading. Misleading. Yeah, misleading. And it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good for it because what I see happening is people follow this guy. They invest their money into something. And two, three weeks or let's say a month go by, the project goes to zero, goes to shit. People lose their money. And now they have this bad taste in their mouth. With crypto, they leave. 
and they never really found the time to do the right research. And that's why we emphasize do your own research and due diligence. Don't just go by what somebody tells you, what you see on Twitter, because something just went up 200% in, you know, in price. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really mean that it's a legitimate longevity project that's going to be here around forever. It's yeah. like a, a buddy of ours, the, um, Jamark. Mm -hmm. He, uh, like, uh, he, he's a buddy of us. We started talking to him about little crypto and he told us, he mentioned to us that, that the way he basically does things like he's he was he's heard about uh, another cryptocurrency called safe moon which i completely advise I anybody he has safe moon I I be careful what you say i advise anybody who's touching that <laughs> to get to get away from it podcast, man. just turn off his mic i'll, I'll kick you off <laughs> <laughs> what what is your um, problem with safe moon i mean so i've, I've been in crypto for since 2017 late 2017 so am i and so yeah, so anywhere between, so like between late 2017 to the beginning of 2018 was, I was a complete novice. I didn't know anything. I was just throwing Nobody money did. at the wall. Yeah. Especially like with all the hype, you see how much money is being made and you get excited and you just throw your money at the wall and hope something sticks. So that's basically what I was doing at that time. Right. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people do is they just throw their money at the wall and they, like they see something hyped up and they hope to make some money off of it. And sure, you can make money off of um like I think safe moon to be a scam. You can make money off of a scam. It's not an improbability. Um, but you know, when it's already hyped up, I feel like it's too late. And so that my problem with safe moon is that because I've, I've been in crypto for, for several years, I've seen the rise and fall of many different projects, many projects that look legitimate and a lot of scams as well. Um, it just like, I always say this, about you know any scam if it if it looks like a scam it smells like a scam it has to be a scam what i see with, right. with safe moon is and like you you can almost say the same thing about doge but doge has a different ask. doge has a, an entirely different story to it and we can get into that later but safe moon it just kind of popped out of nowhere they had an aggressive marketing campaign mm -hmm. They were paying people on, on Twitter, like celebrities or just big names in crypto to promote their, their token. And, you know, you suddenly see the price start spiking and spiking and spiking, going crazy, right? The, since we're, we're talking about um, market cap, one of the things that goes hand in hand with market cap is the supply. And when I see a supply, like... Safe mood is in the trillions, I think. I, I think it's past trillions. Yeah. It's, it's whatever the next category is. It's absolutely is. something <laughs> insane. And if you compare that to Bitcoin, Bitcoin is 21 million. You know, right. nowhere near that. But if you compare it to Do Doge, it's, Doge, that's it's also, it's infinite. infinite. Um, but the thing about Safe Moon is like, and, and the thing about retail investors is they see something, they, they don't know about market cap. They look at a price and they think, oh, this looks ridiculously cheap. Yeah. And if it goes to a dollar, I'm going to become a millionaire. You know, so well the people that I talk to, it's if it goes to a penny, yeah. If it goes to half a penny, yeah. the, you know, the, but it's like I'm talking right. about, you know, it being in in the the ninth decimal place going to a penny is insane. Yeah, yeah. So no. that's essentially what I was telling you that that goes hand in hand with the market cap. So for I don't know, for example, for Shiba to go to a cent or a dollar, it has to be in the trillions and trillions of dollars for that to happen. And the crypto market cap right now is at 1.34 when I checked this morning. So the fact that people assume or think that that's a possibility, it's kind of wrong when you actually do the math. Yeah. yeah. When you actually do the math for right. it to go to a certain price, it just needs. I, I don't want to defend one thing. And I, I just want to be clear yeah. in my mentality. There's 
there's different investors, okay? There is a shitcoin investment where it's like, it's a lottery. Yeah. Like, fuck it. I'm going to spend, I'll buy, I'll buy, for my birthday, I'll buy $100 worth of scratchers. Yeah. Usually, yeah. I break even. Whatever. Or sometimes I'll lose it. Then there's the, I go to the casino, and there I have more of a little strategy. And then there's the, I have stocks. Yeah. I, I have, like, I, I, I'm a strong believer. I was preaching to him about Crow. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Crow. I love Crow. I think I was one of the first people I got in when it was very cheap to get the cards and stuff. Yeah. And and I and I love and I love Crow. But Safe Moon is one of those fuck it. There's thousands of shitty ones. Yeah. This one's the most popular. If it gets to blah blah blah, I'll cash out. Like that that's just the, the I'm right, not right. saying everybody should get in there. I'm saying if you have five hundred bucks to a thousand dollars that you don't care if you lose, put it there. If you want to invest a little bit longer, then go with something like with Crow or go with something that, you know, you could stake or invest or you can pull a loan out or whatever the case is. My question for you guys would be, and we kind of went over this yesterday, is what kind of diligence do you guys recommend? How how would you recommend somebody to buy a coin coin and know it's the right one? What kind of research? What what kind of, what what, what are the steps? So, I mean, the... The, the biggest similarity between the way Sahid and I do our investing is that we're just straight up value investors. We look at projects that have long-term potential, like they're building something serious. I know like he talks about Algorand all the time. Yes, sir. Uh, Algorand. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get Sylvia on the podcast. He's the creator of Algorand. We got to get him on. Oh, here. we'll get him on. After he hears <laughs> this, we'll get him on. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, so we, we're, we just look at like projects that have a lot of long term potential. And I mean, safe and backed moon, up by a lot of companies. Exactly. We look at to, like tokenomics. So, you know, longevity, what's what token, tokenomics, uh, it's a token economics. Token economics. What is this? A magazine? It's a, essentially just like a, a website. You, no, it's just like, it's just token economics is just the way that the economics of a token works. So like. Like I was talk, saying earlier, uh, there are thousands of different cryptocurrencies and a lot of them are set up in very different ways. The tokenomics of Bitcoin, just as an example, is very simple. It's, it's a lot like gold. There's a limited supply, 21 million, there will never be more, right? And it's slowly mined by the, by the miners. And Now, when it's mined by the miners, I just learned this, the, the way it's, it's not being mined and created out of right. air it's what's it doing it, it's every transaction it's verifying there's so what how do you mine because that's another so what, thing that fucks me up so what miners do is they're essentially the backbone of the whole network they help all the transactions become like become confirmed and as a as a result of them you know helping the network run because that's really what they're doing and they're storing all the information from the blockchain because you have to have all of the transaction history just like banks do you know um all the transaction history, all the all the data they're storing, and then helping confirm all the transactions and get the entire network running. As a reward, they get Bitcoin. They also get a little cut of transaction fees because every time you send a Bitcoin or you know, same with a lot of cryptos, there's a transaction fee, and that's also part of the tokenomics is the the transaction fees, how much you know crypto the miners get. Um, so that's basically you know what they're doing, and then. The way they get Bitcoin is like, it's a little more complicated. You have to use a computer and the computer has to have like a certain amount of computing power and it tries to solve uh, a, a kind Complex of mathematical equation, algorithms. right? To And then once you match up and you get the right number, then you get that Bitcoin and you also get some of those transaction fees. And then 
that's essentially how Bitcoin is mined. That's awesome because I thought mining was like you're fucking you're gonna set up a computer and it just it's mining out of yeah. air. So it's it's every transaction that's being done throughout the world through mm-hmm. networks of people that needs to be processed through something. Exactly, and, and those are the when computers. Those are the computers mm-hmm. that people can buy now, right? People so can buy yeah, supercomputers. So yeah, like theoretically, anybody, any single person can join the Bitcoin network. Um, but now because there's so many people in it. The computing power becomes higher, so there's there's the levels just keep increasing, and this is something like the 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 person who created Bitcoin, Satoshi Nakamoto, mysterious figure, he thought this whole thing out, and this is also part of the tokenomics. You know, um, the more people joining the network, the harder it gets to get some Bitcoin, so you have to get more computing power, which is why you see really big facilities with like thousands of miners. I mean, these are serious warehouses. These are serious operations and they have thousands of these things and they're constantly mining Bitcoin. And every time uh, like a new miner rig, because they have these specialized miners comes out, they just toss out the old ones, they get the new ones because there's always like this competition of trying to have the most mining power to be able to get Bitcoin. And And, And the computers that process that is like one thing and the AC and cooling systems to control another, this is another yeah. thing. But the internet connection, right? Don't you need like a fucking crazy Iron Man Avengers internet? Or it's just regular internet? Well, the I think the... Does be- that matter? The The beautiful thing about Bitcoin, or just crypto in general, is like... You, I mean, I, I also don't fully understand the logistics of, of all that goes into Bitcoin mining because I've never mined myself. Um, but... I think a, a basic internet connection is really all you would need. And but to run, imagine, like if I if I hook up you 10 computers to this internet router, it's going to slow right. down. You definitely need a, a solid internet connection to be able to broadcast, like to receive. Because all the computers in, in the network, they have to communicate with each other. So they're all constantly sending each other information about, oh, this transaction just happened, so let me send it to this computer. And that's how they communicate. And they get everything um, all set up, right? So yeah, you definitely would need a solid internet connection. And motorcycle, motorcycle. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's something solid that um, I, I know that they have figured out. But those are like some serious like mining operations. And but I mean, I also know about, you know, if you, some some YouTubers that have, you know, a small little shed in the back in their backyard and they're mining Bitcoin or they're mining Litecoin or, or Ethereum. So it doesn't really take much like a crazy amount if you if you maybe have you know your gigabit internet the best internet you can get from you know whatever isp you have um you should be fine it's just really the mining rigs because they can be very expensive you just for yeah. one alone you're spending maybe five to ten thousand dollars so I'm sure yeah yeah okay so so that that's that's the whole mining what, what's the due diligence how do you guys educate people because you showed me some you, mm-hmm. you, you told me like you go to Twitter, you look at this, you look yeah. at that. What, what's, the, what's the process? How do you do that? So I, I like to first, I mean, you look at the project, right? You get a general overview, what it is, what it's doing. You look at supply, you look at market cap. Um, and then you go into seeing, you know, who created this project. Um, you go into their Twitter accounts, see what they're doing, if they're active. Um, a lot of them have Telegram groups, so they're active on tel- you could Anybody could literally join. Telegram group, the creator's there. He's always putting information on what he's doing, what's going on. Um, and, and just that step right there can literally separate projects from something being legit and something like being an issue. And I say this because sometimes I go into Twitter pages 
it was formed you know a month or two weeks ago uh the creator is doesn't have any following and those are red flags that are being thrown out there and then i also look into the twitter account of the company what they're doing um like i said if they're active tweeting showing stuff um and and that's just kind of general stuff and then you go into like i said token tokenomics and you just look at you know what is it that they're doing tokenomics is uh is a website no, no, no. Oh, no it's that, that's the, it's, that's it's, the whole. It's, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like breaking down the you know the project or the cryptocurrency in terms of you know who's the creator, what is it that they're doing, uh, the risks that are involved. You guys the, should make a website. The, automatically do that for everybody. The longevity. Um, there, I don't know. I should be there publishing. Are, there, this are, there are resources available for that, and that's that's like one of the things that we always push to the to the people in our in our chat. Uh, we give them plenty of resources so they can do that due diligence. And there's there's people in our group that have been in the space for quite some time, and they're just now learning about these websites that they can go and do so much research. And um, the one I showed you, Masari, Masari.io. Uh, that is a great website. You go into the project and then there's, you know, they'll give you the Twitter. I'll give you the Telegram group if they have it, a Reddit community. So these are all resources that you can use to essentially, you know, understand if this is a legit project or not. So so, um, so it's like coin market cap or something. Yeah. So if I could break down tokenomics. Yeah, please. It, it, it would basically be. So when I look at a, a cryptocurrency project, it's like I, I look at the team. You know, that's always very important. Um, as someone who's always has been in crypto for a while, I can immediately recognize some names, maybe some venture capital firms who are invested in some of these projects. So those off, you know, immediately, if, if it looks good, awesome. Then I'll like dive deeper into it. Um, so like I was saying about token, uh, like tokenomics uh, with the supply that has to do with it, um, how much supply there is how steadily the supply is being added into the circulating supply. There's, there's the total supply and there's the circulating Watch supply. Watch the table. There's the, yeah, so there's the total supply, there's the circulating supply. Um, and you have to look at how much of that is being added into the supply. So like with Bitcoin, it's, it's a gradual, you know, uh, I think the last Bitcoin mined shouldn't be for like another hundred years. So that's kind of stuff that you look at. Um, and, and you look at the supply so you can figure out like maybe what the prices are going to look like. There's also something called token burns, which is ingrained into the code where some of the circulating supply is removed. And is that legit? It is legit. Yeah. Cause safe moon did that a few times. Safe moon did that a few times, but there are some legitimate projects that have done that. One of the biggest being Binance. Um, so it's one of the big, it's the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world right now. And they have uh, a coin, their own crypto yeah, exchange BNB. coin, BNB. So they do to periodic token burns, I think quarterly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and those are, that's legit. Like that, that can't come back based on the code being right. Burned. So the way, so the way that, that the token burns work is they essentially just send tokens to an address that nobody has access to. That, and then they cannot be recovered because you can't just delete them because right. the way that the code works is like they, they exist, they exist, but you can send them somewhere so that they'll never be recovered ever again. And that's essentially what token burns are. And you're just removing them from the circulating supply. Uh, you also look at uh, something called vesting schedules, which is like uh, a, at the at the very beginning, um, investors come in, they, they put their money into a project. 
well, you have to make sure that they're not just going to dump their tokens on the on the market and you it leaves everybody completely wrecked. And, and that means they would sell theirs and right. cash out. So Got some it. of these projects have like a... Uh, so, so if I buy a token and then I sell it, it just goes back into the pot. Right, exactly. Like a normal, okay, got it. So like, if, some, like if somebody currency. has you know millions of dollars or something, you want to make sure they're not just going to dump all those millions immediately. So there's projects like Algorand as well that have good vesting schedules where it's like over several years, they get bit by bit, like a certain percentages. And that's the other stuff that you have to look at. Uh, another like big important factor of Bitcoin's tokenomics, and uh, it's, it's, and uh, I'm sorry, it's market cycle goes hand in hand with this so bitcoin has something called halvenings which is why today we're seeing you know record breaking prices with bitcoin uh it's you know from the very beginning it was written in bitcoin's code where every four years the amount of bitcoin that's being mined would be cut in half so every four years right every four years so the longer it goes the less it's going to be yeah exactly so so Bitcoin's going to always be the godfather. Right. That's that's essentially what uh, what everybody believes. There's also like you know talk about maybe Ethereum overpowering Bitcoin and you know something happening like the called the flippening where it'll flip Bitcoin and become the biggest, but you know I think Bitcoin absolutely is always going to be here to stay. Is there and and, and, and and a lot of this I know the answer, but I just you know just for the listeners. Yeah. Is there a what's the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum? Mhm. So great is question. It, is there a difference? <laughs> yeah, there is. There is. Um, I'll touch up on that. I so had a wizard tell me about it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so the difference between it is the blockchains, right? What's a blockchain? Uh, so a blockchain is a network where everything, you know, runs on. So, so the blockchain is where everybody's computers computer, that has access. Right. And, and correct. It's, ah, it's running it's the network. From it. That's okay. really what the network is. And, and so, and the, and so, that, so that's what the blockchain is. Yeah. So the blockchain is a network. It's a network. Blockchain. It's it, a network that validates transactions. Very simply put, if, if you want to like think of actual blocks and then a chain linking each single block, it's every single block just has the, all the transaction history. And then once that block is filled up, it goes into the next block. And then they all just link together. And it just becomes this chain of all the transaction history. It becomes like this big block yeah. chain. Blockchain, exactly. <laughs> so you can always go back to you can go back to two thousand nine when Bitcoin was first created, and you can look at the first transactions. And this is why it's so secure. This is why, yeah. So when I get my grandfather, older people are like, "Oh, how can it be safe?" And it's because of that because the network is now worldwide. It's running on so many computers, and for you to literally like tamper with it you would have to hack every single computer in the network at the same time around the entire world. Well, more than 50% of it, yeah. More than 50%. So, which is impossible. Which yeah. is impossible. So that's why it's so safe. So then let's go back to the differences between you know Bitcoin and Ethereum. So the blockchains, right? Now, the difference between the blockchains is that one is for transactional use. So I could only send and receive Bitcoin. And then you go into Ethereum and Ethereum, their blockchain, you're able to have smart contracts. And with smart contracts, you're able to build decentralized applications on it, um, such as like Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange where you go and buy coins and tokens. Um, and there's like PancakeSwap. PancakeSwap. Yeah, yeah but that's built. That's have... But that's built on the Binance smart chain. Right. Right. That's, that's different. That's built. Oh, that's built. Okay. All right. So then. Uh, okay. 
So Bitcoin is a blockchain, it's a blockchain. for transactions. Mm-hmm. Ethereum is for building apps. A blockchain so, so, for building apps. So then apps. there's two categories basically. There's transactional right. coins or tokens, mm-hmm. and then there's app. Mm-hmm. So Binance is what? Binance. So is another app. Well, Bin- Binance Smart Chain uh, is another blockchain. It was created so by Binance. So it's it's Bitcoin's competitor, kind of. Uh, More, you could all, you could call it Ethereum's competitor because a Bitcoin and Ethereum you can't even call them competitors because Bitcoin is, you know, the OG, um, and it's simply just transactional. But, but you could do business with Ethereum and Binance without Bitcoin, right? Right. Okay. Um, so the, yeah, they're just. I'm just trying to figure out categories to like. So for example, like Algorand, Algorand is its own blockchain. Okay. So it's, it's unique. So would you say these blockchains are like banks? Or what, what would you compare to? Um, I'm just trying to get the categories. I wouldn't, if we could break this down. So what we're looking at, it's, I mean, it's, we're in the very elementary stages of blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies. Oh, yeah, oh, so yeah. right yeah. now, that's what we're like. We, we think of them as separate. But the idea is to move into a future where you won't be able to tell the difference. You won't be able to tell that you're, you know, maybe you're sending a coin to like another person and you don't realize that you're interacting from one blockchain to another. Because currently you have to, you know, go through different steps and ladders and tunnels to be able to interact between different blockchains because they're written in different forms of code. They can't really talk to each other. So eventually, you know, like the Internet, um, everything is just code but now you know us using applications and the internet you can't really tell what's going on in the background so at all yeah exactly you don't know what's happening so you know hopefully within the next 10 years we'll see you know blockchain being used universally and you won't be able to tell the difference between you know you using binance smart chain or maybe using ethereum and um and then we could promote chainlink because essentially chainlink is going to be solving that problem of having all of them well, interact with one another. Right. So, well, what Chainlink, I think you're, it's, that's Cosmos. Um, oh, okay. Right? That's yeah, Cosmos. Yeah, Cosmos. Um, so but Chainlink also Chainlink, wants to interact certain. Right. So, like, uh, so there's a cryptocurrency called Cosmos, which essentially wants to, wants to do that, become, like, the internet of blockchains so that you won't ever be able to tell the difference between, like, you know, you using one or a different blockchain, everything just kind of like connected un- together. Right. So you're not even ever have to worry about, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have to ha- use like this wallet for this particular blockchain or just, you're just going to have like one thing and it's just going to interact with everything together. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. That's the basic idea of it. So like right now, yeah, there's all these differences and like, you know, there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum and Binance Smart Chain and like, you know, everybody thinks like they're competitors and everything, but the real like future of, of, of uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain is just like everything is just one thing. It's just seamless. Would, would you say, would you say it's like, um, it's like credit card brands, you know, like you have credit cards, but then you have an yeah. American Express, you have a Visa, exactly. you have a MasterCard. It's all the same shit. They're all credit cards. Right. You know, but is that kind of. That's it, exactly the way I think about like all the different blockchains. When people talk about them like competing with each other. It's just like it's Visa like, versus Matt. It's the same shit, guys. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, someone, you know, everybody talks about like a new crypto or blockchain that comes out and they're calling it like the Ethereum killer. You know, realistically, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Ethereum's not going to die. It's just like all of these things are going to work together. And then maybe some, you know, companies or organizations are going to pick one for their particular purpose, maybe another, just like Visa and MasterCard. 
but they're all still gonna you know exist work the same and even with real currency like you know paper money it won't just disappear out of thin air you know it still be circulating right. well, you'll still I mean, have people it, it kind of i mean the way that i describe it to people especially in 2017 mm-hmm. people are like what the fuck is cryptocurrency and i'm like look it's the future it's digital currency period um back in the days we used to you know trade spices versus gold yeah. versus my cow's milk versus you know chicken eggs we used to do trade then came precious metals and it's like hey i'll give you this if you give me that and rubies and stuff like that then later on somebody was like hey i made this paper give me your gold and i'll give you this paper right. and people were like fuck that i'm not giving you my fucking gold for paper it's a promissory note because that's all the U.S. currency is, yeah. or any currency. It's a promissory note. And there's a lot of different currencies throughout the world, right? Then in the, I want to say, 60s, 70s, yeah. they were like, hey, give me your paper, and we'll give you a plastic card, and we'll hold your money. And people are like, what the fuck are you saying? And now it's like, give me your plastic information and account number, and we'll give you a digital currency that you control. And people are now kind of like, what? So yeah, it's, it's just it's just... It is wild, but it's just the trend, and that's just what's going to happen. It's it's really the future, right? Yeah. What are the benefits? Like uh, we we talk about the decentralized. What are the benefits of cryptocurrency versus a credit card or cash or this that that? You know, because Biden's printing all this money. Yeah. You know, so like, what what's happening? So, the way the way I mean, as an investment vehicle, the way I look at it is just like a protection against inflation, um, and that's like one of the big reasons you're seeing a lot of uh, big big names like um shark tank uh kevin uh, no mark cuban kevin mark, o'leary yeah mark cuban mark, mark cuban, cuban kevin he, he accepted dogecoin for yeah. his uh his uh, what is it football team baseball team i think so yeah rockets like you're something. seeing them move into to i don't watch sports i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so and, and then uh Apart from that, I mean, the the whole reason bitcoin exists, the whole reason the 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 person who created it was is to like get away from all that get away from the destabilization of government currencies where you're relying entirely on the on the government to basically dictate like what that currency is worth because like in, in around the 60s and 70s is when we moved away from the gold standard uh so you wouldn't be able to go and you know use your paper bill to redeem actual gold now it just became hope that's really what the, and what it's the, just a promise now yeah that's that's like, like what every the, dollar just so people know every dollar spent was backed up by by something by gold but now you it's know? a dollar is just backed up by a dollar yeah i guess you know like it's it's really it's just backed up by the government promise yeah, of it having that current exactly value. and in other countries you don't even know like in colombia mm-hmm. what's a dollar right now it's like five billion pesos like what is it it's uh about right now about three thousand seven hundred and fifty pesos that's for one dollar i was in armenia and it was like sixty five hundred drums and stuff like that's it, insane it, yeah. but it, it fluctuates you know and you gotta like daily like what and that's and that's what's concerning and this is what i talked to my uh grandparents and my family over there about is that it's so expensive for them to come over here with their peso because they're buying dollars while we're seeing the dollar just lose value as time goes by so what's going to happen to their money when they go to convert to the dollar but the dollar is nothing you know it's 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 essentially lost its value um and also to add on top like on bitcoin and and crypto is that it essentially gives us control 
we're shifting the control from the government controlling the bank accounts, your money, what you do, how you do it, to you having full control and deciding what you want to do. If you want to deposit it into this wallet, if you want to go stake it and earn yeah, interest. It's, it's, it's amazing because, I mean, anytime you travel, they ask you how much money are you traveling with? How much cash do you have? Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, why would I even answer that? And then if they see it, you're fucked. Yeah. You're fucked. And, and this, you can carry millions if not billions of you know bitcoin and, and take it everywhere anywhere you want and also the ease of the transactions that we're going to be doing globally like for right. example like can you get robbed of course i can, mean can somebody be like yo bitch fucking give me your bitcoin well that's yeah, that's, that's that's very old that's how it used to be back then like somebody come with a gun give me your money now it's like people doing on a computer and they hack you and realistically they take that- your Cause there's like a homeless Whoa. in downtown LA. He's like, I take Bitcoin and he has a fucking <laughs> QR code. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, cash app. Like, oh, that's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's funny. I mean, like, re- realistically, like, <laughs> you can you can almost say that that kind of robbery could happen today. Like, someone could just go up to you and say, like, hey, go into log into your bank account and transfer money over to this bank account, or like, yeah, sell yeah. me this cash, and it'll be some like. Uh, some bank account they opened with a with a fake identity or something, and then they'll just be able to cash it out immediately. Like, realistically, that could happen still. Yeah. Um, or they buy Bitcoin. Yeah. So, yeah, you could get robbed. I mean, there have been cases in which it has, has happened, but you know, that's that's just uh, the. Would, would, would you say because you're basically what you're saying? It's rare. Would you say right. it's more rare to get robbed like that, and it's easier to get hacked, or would you say it's so safe that you're, you'll you'll pretty much get robbed before you get hacked? Well, I think I think it's also just I, I think all all of that is is fairly rare. Um, it's not impossible. I mean, because so what one of the ways that you can get, I guess, quote unquote, hacked is if somebody maybe you click on a random link and then uh, some malware gets in, installed on your computer or maybe on your phone. And it tracks, like not what, iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> it tracks what you're typing, so it knows your passwords and everything. But if you were logging into your bank account and you had that malware in there, they could same just, shit. Yeah, they could just go into your bank account. If you have your your Bitcoin, your your whatever, your crypto, and you're typing your password, they're going to be able to take it out. I guess the difference, the main difference, is the fact that your money in your bank is secured. It's FDIC insured, um, and then your Bitcoin. If, if it gets stolen, I mean, you're not getting it back. Yeah. Absolutely not. So there is that risk. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to be moving towards a world where banks are still going to play a vital role in that, where maybe you, you go to Chase and you're not depositing dollars, you're depositing maybe Bitcoin. And then you also have that Bitcoin insured. Um, and then it really just falls on like whether you trust yourself to hold on to your money and have that potential risk. Or you want to leave it with some someone with like a bank where you could potentially be insured. And I'm sure that there's also maybe going to be a new sector where you'll have private insurance where you just pay monthly for it. And then they'll back you up if you have if you're holding your own coins. Um, that's just something that could potentially happen. Um, so, yeah, like there, there's always risks. There's risks to it. And also like there's risks to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really... Um, yeah, but the, usually overall, they're a lot less. I, I just ask because I, I get asked that a lot. Yeah, it's well, just based on and your control of it. And we've seen, like, for example, people that have lost their code or you know their phrase to their wallets, and yeah, we're talking hundreds and millions of dollars, and there's no way into it. So that's the catch. It's like 
you know what you own crypto you store it and you have full control of it you have the full control but you also it goes hand in hand with the responsibility of making sure that you are the one that contains remembers stored in the proper place in case something happens you remember to have yeah, access like, like to your it safe deposit box key mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that I, I got a quick question because you've been in this since 2017 mm -hmm. so a good buddy of mine guillermo he bought a lot of doge coin back then but he bought it on i think it was a uh, utopia uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that site but utopia was pretty big and mm -hmm. um they they went down the site yeah. shut down and he never was able to recover that that doge and when it had when it boosted now like he would have had four or five hundred thousand dollars that's crazy he was losing his fucking that's mind. insane um but you don't, you don't know that site or you don't, you don't know I, what happened to them i don't i'm not too familiar with the utopia story but i'm definitely familiar with a lot of those i mean that's that's happened before yeah. Um, so so what's the deal there they're just like wax site are, are these like coinbase sites or robin hood sites or not not necessarily like coinbase or robin because they do like they do their due diligence diligence to make sure that they're you know federally regulated and so you, you're safe parking your money in coinbase if they get hacked i mean exchanges have been hacked before i think the, the one of the biggest exchange hacks happened um i want to say maybe somewhere around 2014 uh, I'm, I'm really fuzzy on the date. It was a Mountain Gox exchange. $400 million of Bitcoin was stolen. And I think... Out uh, of whose account? It was, it was just the exchange. Yeah. They're, they're, they're oh, reserves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... And back then, how many Bitcoins was that? That I, A I lot of Bitcoin. It was a lot. It was a lot. I can't, I can't even imagine what that's worth today. Because 2014, yeah. Yeah. Um... So, and then I, if I'm not mistaken, like a majority of that wasn't recovered. You can try your best, you know, work with authorities to try to get that recovered. But, it, you know, it's, it's hard uh, to get that money back. So, like, scams are an absolute, like, big thing that happened in crypto. I don't know if, like, maybe that particular utopia was, was a scam. But it's definitely happened before where a crypto exchange will, will run for some good time. They'll have enough money in their reserves. And then suddenly they'll close, shut their doors and they'll disappear. And once you have... But hundreds of millions of dollars i mean you can disappear yeah, yeah. of course how, how, do, how does uh how does those scams kind of i mean not that you would know but how would they how would you set that up they basically utopia was a fake wallet and they were just people just depositing into them like they were doing transactions but really keeping it in their accounts or something um so i get so what what they do is like the um, the thing about crypto and, and like one of the things that I like about it again is going back to the self custody thing where you can hold on to your coins. Th those are those are known as cold wallets, right? Right, they're they're cold wallets or or, or hot wallets. Um, there's it just depends on you know what you're how you're storing them. Um, but hot wallets is online. So hot wallet is basically like it's it's a it's a wallet that interacts with the internet, and you know you're you're using it to like connect to applications or maybe exchanges whatever a cold wallet would be a wallet that doesn't interact with the internet it's completely shut off from everything so it's honestly like the most secure form it's like you know taking your money and digging a hole and just throwing it in a hole and just covering it up with soil that's, that's so crazy yeah and then and then a hot wallet is just like having it in your wallet you know you, you go to the store and then you just take it out of your wallet and you don't and it's easier to get stolen um, but back to the exchanges, uh, so instead of self custody where you're holding your money, you're basically just, it's like a bank, you're depositing the money into a bank and you know, your money is completely in their hands. So 
they can get hacked or they can just run away with your money because they have the money in their in their hands in their reserves yeah. so that's really what's like a big thing that can happen that makes sense um, and sometimes it's hard to tell that's that's the problem and like almost anyone can just make an exchange and it's happened before it's happened like happens I'm sure, almost every it, it, every it, month every it's probably other happened week. every There's, fucking day exactly I, I had a i had a friend of mine oscar that uh he used to work uh, the northern branch of bank of america in northern california he told me banks get robbed every day mm -hmm. somebody walks in give me the fucking money mm -hmm. and every day a bank's being robbed you know five thousand ten thousand is yeah, that yeah. they just don't talk about those but it just right. happens and that's yeah. uh crow last year renounced they were fdic um you know insured what does that mean does that mean the prepaid card the debit cards insured or your cryptos insured what, what, what do, um, do you know the terms on that i would i would imagine that it's it's just anything that they have in possession um so because i mean crypto or if it goes with the card you also have that money in the account right uh, i think you're, you're a little yeah, more but, familiar but with you have it separate works. you have it separate so you have your you have your your crypto mm -hmm. you have your earn you have your card and it's it's all in the app but it's all separate so that's but why i is, was just thinking about the fdic does it but it is all but it is all still in the app like they're they're still holding on to i would say it just safeguards your your amount of money you have in right. there whether it's in crypto whether it's in your card i think it's just if anything goes wrong they're just ensuring whatever money you had on there which is amazing because is there any other exchange that is fdic there i mean i, I think uh a good amount of them in the us are uh coinbase is i think oh uh, coinbase is too yeah yeah for sure oh, i, I think coinbase has been around since I think 2012. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'd I know. I know they've been around forever, but yeah. I've never saw an FDIC approved. I know they're launching a new debit card or a new card right. themselves. Uh, but that's months. that's essentially centralization, and Fuckers. that's that's kind of what, what we're yeah defeats the purpose. So it's gonna happen. Like it's gonna be where these exchanges turn into the banks, and there's yeah. FDIC, you know, insured and all this good stuff. But that's essentially centralization, and we're trying to shift away from that. We want the control of what we own. Right. Um, and then, you know, if you want to be on a centralized exchange, you're kind of going against that. So it's that's just how much you trust the banks. I yeah. mean, just, just the other day, I had a friend who, whose bank account got closed. And now he's having to deal with thousands of dollars, you know, uh, that he doesn't have access to right now. So if you want to never have to deal with anything like that, you know, you can hold on to your own money. And one of the, like, really beautiful things I think about uh, crypto that's it's empowering people to just not have to rely on the uh, traditional financial system where if you go to a bank you would need good credit to be approved for a loan if you want to open a business it, with crypto you could go on a decentralized application like a website where you'll just be able to get a loan out without any credit history or anything and it, because of the way it works through the technology and the code and the smart contracts it's all secured um through something called staking uh you can also earn passive interest i mean it's passive income and you earn interest on whatever cryptocurrencies you hold you can do it on a riskier asset like like a bitcoin where you know it's just volatile goes up and down or you can earn interest on usdc um, or usdt right which are just dollar peg digital dollar digital currency um and those rewards and go anywhere from you know five percent ten percent to the riskier ones like a hundred percent a year uh so it's 
and, and then anybody has access to it. As long as you have a phone and an internet connection, you have access to it. Yeah. One of the big projects uh, right now, Cardano, is working with uh, a few go- different governments in, in Africa to be able to just kind of bring that technology to their people so that you know the millions of people who don't have access to a bank account will not have access to these financial tools to also be able to you know earn earn some passive income or just have a bank account you know the, the, this is that announcement for like south america uh did, did, wasn't there like a cryptocurrency that's trying to make crypto more accessible for people in south america and they're predicting on getting more people involved in this world economy of cryptocurrency there's quite a few different projects on that so like el salvador for example el salvador you know they adopted as a legal tender um and like the process is going on i just i just saw a video of a guy going to the grocery store buying some bread and milk and he literally scanned a qr code of the girl that was working there sent bitcoin paid and he went out of his way so like now the adoption and the real use case is happening and then you have other countries in south america adopting it as well um and that's that's part of the evolution and adoption and as more adoption we have the price is only going to go higher yeah, and the value is only going to increase what, what what's your what's your guys's opinion on crow i mean crow has the debit card has the cashback rewards has the earn has an amazing app has low exchange fees has everything it's dropping what, what, like 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 what's why the like why would crow not do as good as doge uh it's a, it's just adoption it's not as adopted as maybe it should be um for example like my girlfriend's friend that works for bloomberg in new york he didn't know what the crow you know card was when he saw it on instagram so it's just adoption and i think there's only like 10 million users uh if i'm not mistaken and i'm sure like crow like crypto.com's exchange it's like ranked between 50 and 100 so it's up there so it's just adoption as more adoption comes and as more people stake their money with crow the obviously the value is only going to increase and i mean i love crow because of the card use and all that good stuff that like right now the the shot the spotify mm-hmm. re- reimbursement netflix reimbursement the amazon reimbursement yeah. so but that's that's like essentially like it offers so much I think, like, I think it offers more than anything that's 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 where i have like my, my big thing no, it's, a, it's a really it's right card. now but like that's kind of just railing people in to use the platform and it's like banks you know banks compete with one another with rates with what they offer with the rewards you get when you sign up and you open an account that's kind of essentially what's happening but what i see long term is for example like right now it's great because you could top off your card with a crypto and go use it but now when crypto is accepted anywhere and everywhere and you can just, you know, scan a QR code and send it, then the card is not really going to be needed. You get what I'm saying? So I yeah, think. Yeah, but you could put it on your Apple Pay and still tap your phone without doing that either. <laughs> What's that? There's rumors of them you know, getting into the crypto game as well. Yeah. Yeah, but there's rumors of them making a card. I mean, they're, they're, who cares? Oh. They're going to do everything anyways. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there's. Do you think it's just gonna get to just five coins or ten coins in, in twenty years from now? So. I don't think so. There, think there's still gonna be a lot of projects here, but and that's what what I go back to. Like right now, there's like ten thousand plus cryptocurrencies, and it's like companies. You know, you have companies that are starting off. They're trying to solve a problem. Uh, maybe they don't solve it, and then down the road they just disappear. Uh, or for example, you know, we have projects 
think about like Blockbuster, they were good at what they were doing in their time. And then here came Netflix, Hulu, and pretty much, you know, Blockbuster, took yeah, took them out. So that's kind of what's going to happen. You're going to have a project with better security, low fees, you know, it's going to be way better. And this one's not going to be able to keep up because of maybe the creator, you know, wasn't just good enough or the company didn't have the right backing and they just disappear. So that's essentially goes into the strategy of the investment into crypto. Like think about the first 10, the first 20, the top 20, what, you know, are they really going to be here long-term? Like Doge is in the top, what, five, 10? Fucking crazy. Yeah. And is it really going to be here in 10 years? that that's that's the question so it all depends on what type of investor you are that's that's what i say it's like depends yeah. on if you're here for the short term long term if you're trying to make quick daily cash trade or- daily trade but there's a misconception that you're going to come in here you're going to put a five thousand bucks into something you're going to wake up the next day and you're a millionaire and and that is not going to happen and people have this misconception coming in a crypto. it's happened but it can happen it, it, it's not the chances of it happening are very low. slow yeah yeah, because like, like I said, a buddy of mine, he put $3,500 in December in Doge, you know? I mean, and when it went to like 70-something, he was sitting on five hundred, six hundred thousand. Yeah, that's insane. It's I, I, insane. And he cashed out three times. I, have, I was like, in, in, what the fuck? Like in January, I told my dad about Doge, and Doge was like at like two cents. Um, and I had cashed out on my whole stock portfolio, and I was going to go put it in a safer investment. And I was like, now thinking back, I was like, damn, if I would have put that 10 grand into Doge at two yeah, cents, yeah. I would have been. My uncle had to dig it. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, there's no, nobody fucking knows that. Yeah, my guy bought it at 0. 0.004. Wow. So imagine he had, uh, I want to say 890,000 wow. fucking things. So that's when it hit 70 cents, he hit fucking big, man. He hit big. And he cashed out because of like he bought a house, so he cashed out thirty grand when it was like at eighty. Then it he went down, he rebought, and he did this back and forth. When it was at seventy cents, I was like, "Bro, please fucking sell, sell." He's like, "No, one dollar <laughs> to the moon, to the moon." Now he's like fucking down. He's like, "Oh man!" I mean, he still made all. He's, um, he's still it was off a thirty-five hundred dollar investment. Yeah, he cashed out thirty grand three times. That's so crazy. He cashed out ninety grand. That's here. Here's my thing. My thing is. I respect what you guys are doing and, 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 and we'll finish this off with, you know, what your main goal is of doing. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is it's so fucking unpredictable that like a lot of like what you guys are doing, advising how to do your due diligence and be careful and be cautious. And this is the future and this, that, that, yeah. that's cool. But the people that are saying safe moon is the shit you want to invest in safe moon and doing that. It's like, nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows. Right. Nobody knows. Mark Cuban would have got into Dogecoin at fucking point zero zero four cents if he would yeah. have known. Everybody, but nobody fucking knows. And you need to be very careful. Is is crypto going to take over? Absolutely. There's just no way it's not. Yeah. We talked about governments already implementing it. Mark Cuban's using it for fucking businesses. Tesla's using it to buy cars. Like it, it's it's going to happen. Um, I, I recommend, you know, long-term, you know, put, put some money in yeah. there every month into a coin and, and go long-term. You guys are going to focus on, on educating people. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially, you know, my purpose and like, our purpose is just educate, um, what we know. Is so just, important. Yeah. Just pass it on. And I think this is, a. 
I guess, a space that's just continuously evolving and rapidly, and there's always something new every single day. Like, for those that were into it in 2017, there was no staking uh, that existed back then. Everything and, was XRP and, uh, and Stellar. Stellar, and, and XRP, now, and Bitcoin. And now they're staking. And there's there's you know, all these things. You can get loans and, you know, all these, all these things that are evolving as the days go by. So, essentially, we just want to stay on top of it and just pretty much give the education and research to those people that don't have the time to do it. And um, it's, a, it's a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a huge a learning curve. It's oh, a yeah. huge learning curve. And I, it's I, constant I just, learning. I just, I just learned because I was going to do the loan. I, I, I got some money in and I was like, fuck it. Let me just, I wanted to pay off my Harley. And I was like, you know what? If I get X amount and I put it in my Crow account, they will give me up to 50% in a loan, you know, from, uh, from my, uh, what do you call it? My, uh, whatever, from the money that I have, they'll give me 50% loan at like a 2%, 3% interest rate, mm -hmm. which is That's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. That's good. But a buddy of mine said, be careful. And I was like, why? He goes, he had a buddy that did this with Bitcoin and there was a, 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 an exchange or a card that gives you 50% of what you have. And this guy had like 500 or $600,000 of a Bitcoin. This was like three years ago mm -hmm. and they gave him 50% of the loan. Cool. Low interest rate. But what happens is, is they, as long as you make the monthly payments and pay your loan off, you're cool. But if the market goes down and that risk to loan value reaches a certain percentage where it's not guaranteed to the bank, they can force sell your coins Whoa. to recover their money, which happened to this guy. So it was forced sell $250,000 worth of his coins. So he still gets to keep the balance. But when it went back up, he, he, he you know, at 70,000, he lost that. That's crazy. So that's that's kind of why I advise people to kind of shift away from that for right now due to the fact that since it's so young and it's still, you know, have gaps that need to be filled, just wait it out. Don't don't it, it, it all depends on the type of risk tolerance that the person has and the strategy. I always go back to strategy. What is your strategy? Think about what it is that you want to do. Are you here short, long? Do you want to lend? Do you want to borrow? Like think about what your stake. strategy stake. It all, it all boils down to what type of strategy you want to have. Yeah. And that's the first question that I ask when somebody's like, oh, you're into crypto. I want, okay, what is your strategy? What do you want to do? And then I go into advising the person, you know, what's the right direction to go down. Are you guys going to do one-on-ones? Are you guys going to do this in groups? And, and then how, how do people get a hold of you? And where do they find you? And do you guys have a... a, a you know, well, we're just we're we're just starting off with a lot of the this stuff. Um, we we do have some ideas in the pipeline for what we want to do. Right now, it's generally group stuff. Uh, you know, like we're doing the the lives where we just talk about you know different topics. We also have a YouTube channel going. Uh, we just started our Instagram, so we're just really like where, where ground for right now. So personal Instagram account, you can go to Sahid Abdallah twenty two S A H I D A B D A L A twenty two. And then on there in my link, you'll have, uh, you know, the link of our Instagram account. You can go in there. Uh, you could also DM me if you want to join the group. I'll send you the link of the Telegram chat. Um, and then we also have our, uh, it's blockx.group on Instagram, blockx.group on YouTube. Block, X, YouTube. block the letter X. Yes, sir. Nice cool, cool 
Block Explorers. Block what? Explorers. <laughs> Dora the Explorer. Block Explorers. Yes, sir. That's awesome. I like it. Are you guys going to do cool logo shirts and hats and gears and shit? Hopefully our members contribute and maybe we could get some gear on the do way. Do you guys have a Patreon you want to promote? Uh, that's something in the pipeline. Okay. That's definitely something we have in the pipeline. Yeah, we're, we're the you know, we're early stages. We're still building the community, the group. Uh, yeah. Like I said, we're just getting our social media platforms going. Um, so that there's a lot that we still have to implement and have consistency with before, you know, we start telling people, hey, you know, go to our Patreon. We're going to charge. Like, I want to make sure well, that we have Patreon's some. On, and we're going to charge. It's just if you want to support the channel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This equipment costs right. money. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like- yeah. So but right now our focus is just pretty much guide the group that we have. We're going to continue having our Zoom calls and conferences um and we're gonna upload those to youtube as well so in case anybody was unable to join on the live conference on zoom they could go to youtube and watch it um and we're practicing our first you know zoom conference call was on sunday it went longer than usual we kind of did things and you know it's it's we're learning we're learning as we go yep i i i'm gonna say i'm i'm really excited for you guys because it's just fucking amazing most people your age or like picking their nose, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a fuck. And this is such a hot. Anything in the digital space is so fucking hot. Yeah, absolutely. That that I I, I see a lot of potential, and I know you guys are gonna kick ass. And uh, I, I want to be the first person to interview you guys when you have your million dollars. You know, on your yacht. No, and, and also we want to thank I mean you. It. I like yeah. mean it. So. We want to thank you for you know giving us 100%. the platform, reaching out to you know Almost a different right. community, um, and you know essentially the it's more not a people. Different community. It's, just, it's the same community. It's the it's, you know, a it's, motorcycle it's community. Yeah. You know, so we're tapping into that, and um, honestly, as as more people understand, as more people adopt, yeah. as the adoption rate goes up, the value is only going to increase. Um, it's really for anyone. It's for anyone, yeah. And essentially, it's going to be like the internet, you know? Like, you didn't understand it at first. You didn't want to adapt to it. And now you have no choice but to use it. And that's what's going to happen with crypto right now. You may not understand. You may not know what to do or how to do it. But in 10 years, you're not going to have a choice but to go and pay somewhere with cryptocurrency. Okay. uh, One one more thing I want to try. Just so we have it recorded. Predictions. What do you predict? <laughs> what do you predict? Five to ten. Predict. What do you guys yeah, predict? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Who, who are your favorite? I'll, I'll let you, you go first. I'll let you <laughs> what, go first. What's your favorite coin? What do you predict? What do you think is going to happen to the market? And what's the time limit? Um, so, well, I just I just want to plug myself real quick because I didn't have a, yeah, 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 a yeah, chance yeah. there. But it was if, more if important. anyone wants to follow me <laughs> on Instagram, it's xbt.ale, A-L-E. Um, uh, so anyway, um, price predictions. Um, so Bitcoin always has its cycles, and you know from from the from the past to now, where we are right now, tr- you know, historically, it is just the bottom, and it's really I personally feel like it's only up from here. So, if I were to predict Bitcoin going anywhere, uh, at the very minimum, it's gonna hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. And I'm also not typically someone for predictions. Um, but I truly believe that Bitcoin is going to hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. What's it at right now? And 33. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. What's the date? Um, June 20, June 26, June 25th, June 25th, 3 PM. Okay. So, um, yeah. So a hundred grand end of the year, a hundred grand before the year ends, I think. And I think, 
it might potentially even go higher just because of the, the, the amount of money that's being poured into the market, especially by big players, we could potentially see it go, you know, maybe do a little over a hundred thousand, but it could potentially even get closer to 200,000, but that's, that's stretching it. Uh, but I, at the very least a hundred thousand Ethereum, I personally think anywhere between five to 10,000 before the year ends. That's huge. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, and, and, and any uh, any uh, shit coins or magic coins? They, if you your, your gamble, your your blackjack one. I do have I do have one. <laughs> I mean I mean I, I talk about I talk about shit coins and I hate them and everything. But you know you, you gotta, gotta have, have some one. fun. <laughs> you have safe moon, so, don't you? No, I don't have safe moon. I don't have safe <laughs> I'm moon. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I did have some Doge a, a little while back. We all when when Elon Musk was going on the. <laughs> we all fell for that trap. I, I mean, and, you know, we, and, and we lost. I I already know. No, I won. Oh, you won. <laughs> I lost. See, it's also it's 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 just also like it's it's experience with it and like knowing like when to pull out. Yeah. Um, during the SNL skit is like, not, well, like I sold before, but I, I made some money off of there. I have um, there's just one cryptocurrency called Nano. And yeah, yeah, I've heard Nano. Yeah, and that's amazing tech. And then there's like a cryptocurrency that was just like copied off of it. It's called Banano. 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 <laughs> that's my little play. Banano. My little meme play. That's your little Shiba to Yeah, Doge. like a hundred bucks in there or something. Just see where it goes. Nice. Saeed? All right. Well, predictions? Um, well, well, Bitcoin, obviously, I, I definitely see it hitting 100,000 by the end of the year. That's for sure. We're still on track. 100,000. We're still on track. Um, I always say Bitcoin's have has increased two hundred percent in the last ten years. Uh, we're still on track to hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. And I think a lot of people focus on the micro perspective of it. They see how it went from sixty four to thirty four, yeah. but they forget about the increase that it has over the year. Um, so I definitely see it hitting a hundred thousand conservatively. Um, and then I, I have to say Algorand. Algorand, price prediction, love the project. Uh, it's only at about two point something billion dollar market cap. If we can move to 10, 15 billion dollars, which is not hard to do considering this project, I could see Algorand, you know, going to 10, 15 bucks. And, um, and it's currently at like 80 something cents. Um, and it's stakeable. So you buy a thousand bucks. It's staked, you're earning passive income, and then you're also, you know, going to see the price move up and appreciate as more adoption. And also because I see it firsthand here in Miami, um, you know, the project being adopted by the mayor and so many great things going on with the project. So that helps the also. Mayor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy's a big <laughs> Bitcoin nut. I heard. Also, it. shout out to American Airlines Arena for changing their name to FTX. FTX. I think that was huge. FTX is a, an exchange run by Sam Bankman Freed, one of a crazy <laughs> trader. So they're doing big things. They're doing I think they have that contract. They named, they named an arena. I think they have that for like this the how next big this is, guys. 20 yeah, yeah, yeah. years or so. They have that name. That's and, and also, That's like I said, wild. it's all adoption. And like we're seeing it firsthand. Um, club 11, biggest club, you know, in the world. Everybody knows it. They accept Bitcoin as a form of payment. They just mm-hmm. built a massive, beautiful hotel and residence. They sold one of the residents for $22 million, was paid in Bitcoin. So we're seeing it firsthand, the adoption, and the owner of Eleven, um, Mark Roberts, smart guy, huge, and he's all for it. He is all for yeah, it. That's fucking awesome. What shitcoin are you investing in? Uh, well, I have Shiba, I'll be honest. Shiba? Um, just, just because my dad owns it and has it, so I decided to jump on, on the train. Uh, I don't have hopes for that, but, I mean, if it hits a dollar, which it will never happen, you know, I'll be a millionaire. Uh, but you know, 
there'll be the day where I create my own shit coin and I'll promote it. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. You know what? And I'm just gonna throw this out there, please, just just for the fuck of it. Dogecoin to a dollar. Dogecoin to a dollar. I don't. I don't like Dogecoin. I, I don't like. I don't put my money into it. But the way it's going. I think it could have done. Wow, that threw me off so much. You I know, right? It <laughs> <laughs> just threw me it's off. It's like going, it's we're like going against completely everything we just spoke about for yeah. the last hour. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's yeah, yeah. it's very possible. Yeah, you know, yeah. the way it's been going, Dogecoin hitting it's a dollar. Hot. It's I still hot. wouldn't recommend anybody putting their money into it. But if it hits a dollar, I mean, it's it's very it's very possible. I, I, I'm gonna give a prediction, but I I just want oh, one yeah. more one more prediction uh, or or one more I assumption. I also want to hear what 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 you. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, how many people? We're just guessing, but how many people do you think are investing in crypto right now, percentage-wise? Would you say it's one percent, two percent, five percent? And let me give you a fun fact: United States only represents three percent of the world's population. Right. So, how many people do you think are adopting crypto as of right now? Uh, that's a hard figure to get, because uh, I actually I'm, haven't. Yeah, but just, just no, your guess. If I had to, if I had, I mean, I, in the U.S. alone, I think, I think it's somewhere closer, to, somewhere between twenty and thirty percent of Americans are are throwing their money into crypto. That's if interesting. If I'm not mistaken, that's fine. Um, so, going off of that population we have compared to the rest of the world, and like also like different countries. I mean, I would have to say. For the entire world, um, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say somewhere, I'd, maybe somewhere between like 20, like around 20%. 20% of the world? United States is 3% of the world. It's 3% of the United world. United States is 3% of the world. So that means thinking, if 20% of the United States I'm has think, it, that's like 0. And that's, that's involved in any, any kind of cryptocurrency. Because, I mean, I'm also thinking about countries like Venezuela. Uh, well, 20% definitely a little bit of an overshot, but yeah. you know, in Venezuela, for example, they're having like huge adoption because their currency isn't worth anything. Yeah. Uh, and you're also looking at China where the Chinese government themselves are trying to work or are, are working on, or I think they already have it out, uh, a digital, uh, yuan, which is their, uh, their currency. So I imagine that in some way, shape or form, a good majority of people in like a lot of countries are involving themselves in crypto. Um, yeah, but it's a, a it's a hard it's a hard number to to yeah yeah, to, yeah. To, to, I know to come wild. together. Yeah, I know it's wild percentage. Just just throw out a number. I'm not gonna say percentage, but I will read a fact, and is that Bitcoin has the same users as the internet did in 1997, which is 130 million users. Right. Fuck. But we didn't have that many people. But that's a good fact. Yeah, that's a good fact. I predict Bitcoin by the end of the year is probably gonna go. It's going to stay around 60, 70,000. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, I think, uh, you know, trends uh, repeat. And I think this is a, a boost up like in 2017, but then 2017 crashed. I think we boosted up, but I think it's going to come back down and, and it's going to be higher than obviously 2017. Right. It's much better, but I, I don't I don't think I know everybody was predicting 100,000 end of the year. But I think if it was my guess, I think we'll, we'll stay solid between 60 and 70 and it will grow. Over that's time. bearish, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry bearish. to say that. And that's, unfortunately, that's bearish, and that's doubling <laughs> what it's at right now. And 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 uh, and that's double what it is right now, exactly. Yeah. And then um and then uh, I I like Safe Moon. I, I like what they're doing. That's my shit coin to like, mm -hmm. you know, fuck it, Safe Moon, and Crow. You know, just just the card benefits. You know, the three yeah. percent cash back. They're paying my Netflix. They're paying my spot my uh, shot Spotify. 
Um, you know, they're paying my Amazon. Like it, it's yeah. just a, a no brainer. That's cool. Like, you know, so th- those are my things. That's solid one for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I also, I also want to give a shout out to ride clean. Uh, yeah, well, what's that? I'm a user. It's great. I clean my bike and my car with, I'm just waiting for them to accept Bitcoin so I could buy some more. <laughs> I'll talk to the owner. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate this. Thank you for Thank having, you for us, having us, man. This is yeah. awesome. This is great. This is huge for us. This is huge. Yeah. We love talking sure. about this. So this is, this is great. Yeah. And, and, great. and I look forward to seeing your guys' YouTube channel and then make oh, yeah. sure you do it, man. The consistency, consistency, sure. consistency, consistency. This is, and again, this is, I'm excited. This is episode 51 for me. So it's a big deal. It's been a long journey. Wow. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome.